Welcome everyone to Mental Recess. I am Tu Huang, psychotherapist and coach. And I am Nia, your recently engaged local lover of freedom and all things spiritual. You can find us on Instagram at mental underscore recess and also on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn <laughs> and Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Two girls. <laughs> I never saw that two girls in one cup thing that everyone talked about. Oh my about. god, I you haven't seen that? Mm. So, no one talks about that. It's funny that you even say that because the other night I asked him, I'm like, what's the most disturbing porn that you've ever seen? Or like, not necessarily, however I worded it, it wasn't like disturbing, like, uh, you know, obviously we obviously we can picture something that's disturbing, but I'm like, what, what did you watch? That you were like, mm, this doesn't do it for me. <laughs> he told me it was two girls, one cup. Is it a porn video or is it a YouTube video or what is it? I have no idea. I wouldn't dare look it up. But I think it's a porn video. It's it's disgusting. Okay. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm afraid that if we don't tell people what it is, they're going to go and search it and be scarred forever. But my understanding of it is it's two girls pooing violently in a cup and then and then like eating and drinking it so this is a scat fetish S that's right scatting that's right so it's it's gross it's gross he said there were there was just copious amounts of poo that they were consuming i mean that's really nasty so anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right back to <laughs> more wholesome topic so where we left off last time and we promise you in our next episode it'll be about friendship dynamics and here yeah. we are sitting two best friends chatting about two girls and one cup <laughs> right but that's our friendship dynamic and yes. that's going to be our topic for today yeah. we can talk about anything that's right so the last episode you know we're talking about wedding planning and i was mentioning that I, in the last couple of weeks, I have been thinking about friendship a lot. It's been a topic in my mind because I'm thinking about, well, who, what girls do I want really standing up there with me at the altar? And it's caused me to, you know, my thoughts kind of go down a rabbit hole about the type of friend I am. You know, am I a good friend? And what, what do I consider to be a good friend? You know, thinking of things like that. So I have had a transient life, you know, I, I've moved many times in middle school, well, elementary school, middle school, and then I went to one high school. After high school, and by the way, these are all in different cities and states. Mm -hmm. And then after high school, I moved, you know, to Northern California from Southern. And since then, I was married, you know, I was with the same person for about 10 years. After that, you know, I'm divorced and I'm single and I'm just starting to explore new adult friendships. And so relationship dynamics, right, they change all the time. In my first wedding, I had a girlfriend in there who at the time I would have considered her my best friend. We worked together in retail. We met at age 18 when I moved to the Bay Area. You know, we don't even talk now. We're still friends on Facebook, but we absolutely don't know anything about the other mm -hmm. and, you know, what we're doing in life, you know, other than what we share on Facebook. But we, the last time we exchanged a text message was probably f 
five years ago. Wow, it's a while. Yeah, and that's a maybe, you know, and I know she still lives here in the Bay Area, but we just drifted apart. The other bridesmaid that I had was a girl that I was in high school with, and I never spoke with her after the wedding. Wow. Yeah, she was in the wedding. After that, she, you know, she was always kind of a, kind of did things on her own. She wasn't really huge on social media, wasn't really big on texting or calling. So to me, it felt like she fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> um, but I haven't talked to her in over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my aunt was one of my bridesmaids, or she was actually my maid of honor. And then my sister, who passed away in 2007, I had a picture of her up at the altar. And so, you know, now I'm thinking, wow, today it's going to look a lot different. It will look a lot different. Mm -hmm. They're probably, you know, for me, I, I really wouldn't put a lot of girls up there, you know, just maybe three or four. But Noah, I'm, I'm sure, is going to have at least six guys. <laughs> So, you know, I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, there's there's other women in my life who I do love. I do have, you know, really good friends. And, and a lot of those relationships are kind of newly forming. Mm -hmm. And I'm really grateful for them. So who knows? You know, in two years there, I may have some new friends. And then one of the things I really love and value about our relationship, you know, is especially before we started this podcast, is we could go a month or two without talking. Mm -hmm. Then we talk and we pick up right where we left off. Yeah, there's this perfect text that you sent me. It went something like... It was about friendship. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was something along the lines of like, you know your girl is out there doing her own thing. And when you come together, there's nothing but love. That's it. And it's like the epitome of our friendship. We're out there living our own separate lives. But when we come together, there is nothing but love. There's none of that. Well, how come you didn't call me? How come you didn't text me? How come you didn't invite me to X, Y, and Z? Exactly. It's like you have your own life and your friendships. And yeah, I imagine some women can feel like, oh, you're not inviting me to everything. I'm not your best friend anymore. I've never felt that with you. And I, I admit I'm not, you know, any more virtuous than any other person. Of course, I'm very capable of those feelings. But with you, I feel such a sense of security in our relationships that while you're out there going to make friends with people who adore you because you are a very wonderful person who people just care and want to be around. But I don't feel worried or concerned because we have such a good foundation. And that is our dynamic, you know, and, and that's a really special dynamic that we have. I can't say that I have that same dynamic with my other friends. This is true. I can't either. Right? An example, the two other girls who will likely be my bridesmaids, we actually speak often and I feel like that's really important for our friendship mm -hmm. is keeping each other abreast of what's going on in our daily lives and being kind of regularly supportive. Mm -hmm. So this really speaks to how different relationships will have different dynamics. I have a friend who recently was saying that she's kind of done putting an effort into a girlfriendship that she has. And in inquiring about it more and like what it looked like, she was saying that with this particular friend, you know, she's the one that she, she's always calling. She's always reaching out. Her friend never seems to have time for her. And then she finds out that her friend has been doing these things which require time and not inviting her mm -hmm. or not reaching out to her and not calling her. 
And so she's like, you know, I'm just done with it. And I don't blame her. Right. Right. I don't blame her. That to me sounds like an unbalanced dynamic. Right. There's just, yeah, the energy is going definitely one directional. It's not an equal exchange. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really important at the heart of dynamics is about an energy exchange. Right. And there are times where you love playing host, right? You invite me to parties. I've never invited you to a party because I don't like that. I'm happy Mm -hmm. to join. Mm -hmm. But energy exchange is I'm a good person with one-on-one. So, you know, we'll go out drinking together. We'll, you know, have dinner or lunch together and we connect Mm -hmm. but that's more my scene and how I feel comfortable in navigating and so it's not it's not one for one but energy wise it feels equal to me exactly I agree there's a healthy balance there that's that's it a healthy balance I think Mm -hmm. that that a friendship dynamic with a healthy balance is what makes it work Mm -hmm. and that healthy balance can look like a lot of different things it can look like what we have where you know we cannot talk for a month or two and then we pick right up and there is no judgment and there's this kind of even amount of of happiness and support for the other yeah it can also look like you know an even balance of calling each other regularly both people putting in effort both people scheduling time to get together once a month Mm -hmm. you know i totally understand that and you know i think that when when people can kind of figure out the relationship dynamic with that other person because right it's not going to look the same Mm -hmm. for everyone um you know hopefully they can make something last there yeah Mm -hmm. i think for us we figured it out because when we met, I think we were both 21 working Working at, in banking. Working in banking. <laughs> we won't name the bank. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we connected on the teller line. Yeah. And actually, it's like Mia asked me out on a date. Mia was like, hey, what are you doing after Probably work? Probably did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember we went to this Thai restaurant. We were both dressed up for it. And we went to this Thai restaurant that was really near her apartment. Yeah. And we just, I, remember that. I think being very inquisitive and intellectual women, we just went right into it. We were like, what are your most important values? And at that time, I recall telling Nia integrity. Mm. And Nia's response for her values was gratitude and humility, which I had never heard wow. until that point. I can't believe you remember this. So I vaguely even remember this date, <laughs> but it was Tybodia <laughs> yes. in Redwood City, which... Rest in peace, Tybodia. They were a victim of COVID-19. Oh, Rest in no. peace. Yep, they were they, delicious. They were amazing. Yep, they had to close uh, permanently. But that's interesting because this was, wow, over 10 years ago. It was. And I would still say to this day, gratitude and humility are the most important qualities for living a relatively healthy life. Yeah, and I think hmm. given where we are at at that time and kind of the depth of our conversation, I was like, wow, this is a woman I can really get to know. We continued as we worked together, but also like life changed. Nia mm-hmm. left to take a different retail job. I had left to go to graduate school maybe a couple months after Nia had left. But throughout all these different changes in life, because Nia had a few job changes, I had a few job changes (laughs) in school and all of those things, but we just always respected each other on our journey. Yeah. 
And what I always found interesting is each time that we connected, it was very synchronous. Mm-hmm. Like when we earlier when we talked about online dating about 2017, we didn't really discuss this, but when we had connected, it was like I'm doing the same thing too. Right. We went on our crazy online dating crazes, mm-hmm. uh, and there were other moments in time that I can't even remember now. But we always call each other when we see other people as well. We introduce each other as my soulmate. Yes, it, it really does feel like yeah. Nia's my soulmate. Yes, I am giving her over to Nia, <laughs> but at the end of the day, she still is. She's always been very much in step in line with me, even though we live separate lives it's always been quite parallel very much yeah i agree and that is you know that's the beauty of our relationship our friendship dynamic Mm -hmm. and so yeah i'm grateful for that i'm so grateful it's funny that you mentioned the integrity thing i can first of all that's still so you but when i was dating and looking for a partner and I'm filling out, you know, the online dating questionnaire about what's important in a partner. Integrity was what I put on there. <laughs> so if you guys are listening to this point, you have deduced that two and I are in a gay relationship. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, what it sounds like we've gotten to. She is my spiritual <laughs> This is is true. She's my spiritual partner. Yes, yes. It sounds like sounds like we've got a thing for each other. Um. I'm surprised we haven't been in bed together yet. God, (laughs) what a mess! Uh, What a mess! But but seriously, I mean, integrity was that's actually one of the things, and that's one of the things I love about Noah. Mm -hmm. His yeses are yes. His noes are no. You know, he holds himself to such high standards because he holds himself to a high standard. He holds everybody around him to a high standard. Um, You know, he has a certain expectation of truth and honesty and commitment from himself, from me, from other people, his friends. I mean, his integrity is is huge, Mm -hmm. huge. And... It really takes me back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. My dad was a man of integrity. And so that was something I really admired. I saw that work very well for his life mm-hmm. and just who he was. And so anyway, it, all that to say, I just, you know, I'm not surprised that my best friend's highest quality is integrity. Mm-hmm. You want your life partner to, in many ways, be a friend to you in whatever way that needs to look like for your relationship. The things that you are finding in him are qualities in your best friend as well. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> I mean, because listen, you can't just be a lover only, right? That your your life partner yeah, has to enough. be a friend. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's only going to go so far, you know. Your life partner's got to be a friend as well, and so the same qualities that you look for in friends, you'd probably want in your life partner. Mm-hmm. At least I do. I am finding that in therapy in a lot of my teens or even young adults and more so female than male they are struggling with how to make and keep friends and maintain them i know how we make it work Mm -hmm. because there's this understanding but what can we share with our listeners that could be very helpful in their different friendship dynamics that they have to navigate and i think the one thing that comes to my mind is recognize that all your friendships are different and you cannot treat them all completely the same because 
everyone has different needs. Nia and I are introverts. Yeah. <laughs> and for us to come out requires a lot of energy. So knowing that there's this introvertedness, we really respect that in each other. So there's not this like, I need to see you all the time. I need to talk to you all the time. It's funny. Nancy's actually highly introverted herself. And I'd say Teeny's probably more the extrovert. The, the three of us together sort of have figured out what works for us. And it's funny. Nancy's more introverted, I'd say, than you and I even are. Wow. Oh, she is almost to the point of being antisocial. Mm. So if we don't hear back from her, you know, we're not offended. Or, you know, we uh, Nancy's taking Nancy time, right? So, <laughs> you know, and then Teeny might be the one who initiates the contact first, mm -hmm. you know, almost all the time. She's so great. But, you know, we've all kind of found this dynamic that we're comfortable with. I'll tell you, it's really interesting. One of the things that they taught me in just observing them in how they operate in their relationships is how to nurture friendships. Mm. Even people who, to me, seem intolerable. So when I moved in with them, I noticed, so they have a group of friends that they've all been friends with since they were in middle school and high school. I would say at this stage in life, They've all deliberately kept in touch one way or another. And even though some of those people in that friend circle, they might be annoying. Uh, <laughs> they may not have a lot in common with them anymore. But they all take the time and the effort to nurture that relationship still. That to me is incredible. That's incredible because... Yeah. I think I am probably the type of person where if we no longer have a lot in common, I'm done. Like, we don't hang out anymore. I'm not calling you anymore. I only find myself having the wherewithal or the energetic wherewithal to spend time with people I have much in common with. And so the fact that they still have these loyalties to people and they keep them you know every time we would have a holiday party a barbecue a camping trip they would invite the same kind of circle of people mm -hmm. and they would nurture those friendships regularly texting them and calling them people that you know who had moved away and kind of gone on and done other things in their life especially teeny she would call them and see how they're doing. And that to me is amazing. I, I feel like that's a quality in a friend that I don't actually have, but I really respect it. And I would want that, right? So that's something that has me, and that's, you know, kind of going back to the beginning of all of this, when I was saying that it makes me think about what kind of friend I am, I think about that, you know, I could be a better friend to people by putting in that extra effort. It seems hard, though, and maybe it's because I'm so introverted and I'm mm -hmm. kind of more of a, you know, uh, it, you know, when it's in my face, I'm thinking about it. I, I don't really know, <laughs> but uh, that's amazing to me. So I really I think that the way that they conduct their relationship dynamics is very admirable. I don't doubt that you do have those qualities, even though you can't see it within yourself. And it's often because the people that we surround ourselves, you have parts of them and they have parts of you. Biologically, we surround ourselves with familiarity, True. but also a little bit of desire. There's certain qualities you might see that, you know, girl from across the 
street and she's wearing a nice sweater. Well, guess what? Maybe you're like, I like that style. You might tend to buy something similar to that, right? Or if someone has a nice um, speech style that you pick up on. Well, those are all qualities that you adopt <laughs> into your yeah. life. And I'm sure they keep you around for mm. the very similar reasons, right? That's interesting. There's this concept I call huh. it the core five, right? Think about like the five players on a basketball court, right? Mm. You can't have all LeBron James is actually going to be a losing team. True. But you have to have, you know, people who can work well together, right? Mm. I don't know all the titles, of course, but like a forward or a rebound. You have to have all of that to work in this cohesive kind of ecosystem well in many ways the core five that you keep in your life is very indicative hmm. of who you keep around you and also what kind of characteristics you have so it's very informative the people when you see their friends you're kind of like well it tells you a lot about who the person you're around is yeah i have these i have a couple of blossoming friendships right now where the two girls, I would describe both of them actually as being very good type of friends. Like they're the kind of friends you would want. They're mm -hmm. enthusiastic, they're warm, they're outgoing, they're supportive. They seem maybe selfish for themselves, right? Like they take care of themselves, but overall they're selfless as, as individuals. And so that's interesting if you essentially attract what you exude, right? Mm -hmm. And but I'm really inspired by these two girls. I, I would say, especially one of them in particular, I'm gonna shout you out, Danielle Jennings. I think that there are just so many beautiful qualities um, to her as a friend. Mm -hmm. And it inspires me, right. you know? It makes me want to be better. It, want, it makes me want to, to do better as a friend. And so, who knows? If we're already friends, perhaps that's something that might be mm -hmm. uh, within me that I don't see. Yeah. So, yeah, that's also, interesting. there's other things about you that she's probably taking from as well mm -hmm. and being inspired by. That balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. It is about that energy. Yeah. There's something that you're getting from her and I don't doubt that she's continuing to be your friend because she's also getting something out of it as well. Don't sell yourself short, girl. You are Thanks. awesome. <laughs> thank you. Oh, that's good to hear. I feel like I'm a shit friend, but thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think this whole wedding process has just brought that to the forefront and made you question it, but I've never questioned or doubted our friendship in any way. Oftentimes when I bring you up or talk about you, my siblings like, I want to meet Nia. Like, Aww. or or my sisters, mm -hmm. they're always like, dang, she sounds so awesome. I want what? a friend like that. Girl, I ain't nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> She's being humble. Oh my and gosh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We don't have a male here to speak from like the male perspective, and hopefully we'll have Noah uh, or someone else come in. But I would love to hear from our male listeners as well. Like, are there things that we are short-sighted in mm. and we're not addressing? Like, what is it for a male? And what is the male friendship like? I'd love to know that. Would love to hear, like, male relationship dynamics. I think that would be really interesting because guys do seem to operate a little bit differently in their friendships than women do. You know what I noticed is, doesn't it seem kind of interesting that men will hold on to their friendships longer than women will. Like we're very quick to get offended and drop a chick. Whereas a man, 
you know, their guy friend could offend them a million ways, but that's still their dude. I've noticed that too. So what is that? <laughs> yeah, and what is that about? Right? So I yeah, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to hear kind of from a male perspective, what is the glue that keeps them hanging on? What makes you drop a friend? Flakiness first and foremost. I really, really don't like when when a friend says they're gonna do something or says, you know, we're gonna do this and then they flake at the last minute. I have a lot of grace for life, like, you know, things that happen in life, right? Things come up, of course, happens with me too. But when there's a pattern Mm -hmm. of flakiness, that just drives me up a wall. Another thing is I have a hard time trusting uh, gossip, people who gossip often or have a tendency to be sort of two-faced. So women, obviously, we love to spill the tea with each other. We love it, right? But it seems like also you got to be careful with who is spilling tea to you and who they're spilling it about. Because if that person is somebody that they consider to be a good friend to them, and then they're going behind their back and doing that, it feels very shady to me, and it makes me feel like you would do the same to me. That's true. And one thing to note is me and I, we've talked about this several times, mm-hmm. is that we are not prone to gossip at all. And I know that's strange and it's weird. And it's like, what do these girls really talk about? <laughs> but the things that we talk about with you was the reason why we started this podcast. Because I'm like... We talk about really interesting things, Neil. Want to do a podcast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, not to toot our own horn. You know what? I I love me some spilled tea, just like the next girl. I really do. But I don't want that to be any type of basis for conversation. I don't, you know, gossip feels yucky to me. I'll never forget a really, really long time ago when I was in my, I was probably about 23 years old. And I was at the time, who told it to me? Our former assistant manager, Angela. Angela. Yes. I'll never forget one time I was complaining about something. She goes, you're so negative, Nia. It hurt me to my core. And after thinking about it, because, you know, that's, that's, a, that, like, that's a really direct and strong thing to say to somebody. But there had to be some basis for it. You don't just call somebody negative because they're positive. She's had some or many experiences with me that indicated to her that I was a negative person. Mm. And when I thought about it, I agreed with her. I mean, that was that was that was kind of one of those aha moments, the first aha moment I could ever remember actually in my adult life mm. that I had a tendency to be negative and particularly with people. I would specifically kind of slander people. I had no problem talking some shit about somebody if I didn't like the way they did something or something they said or whatever. I find that interesting because we don't talk that way, so I don't see that side of you. Well, I've also had to really consciously try to work on that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was some, like I said, like that was the aha moment for me. Like, I don't want anybody to ever look at me as being a negative person. Mm -hmm. And what I felt like was particularly negative about me was that I kind of slandered people. And so I really had to be conscientious of changing that. I would definitely say presently I wouldn't describe myself as that way at all. Right. 
it makes me feel kind of gross to talk about people, in, you know, in a really bad way. Now, don't get me wrong, though. I will psychoanalyze. <laughs> I love a good psychoanalyzation and just kind of really seeing what's going on with the person underneath their actions. I don't really ever want it to sound mean or gossipy, though. And, you know, another thing, too, is I have found that if somebody tells me something that's about another person, I feel a duty to take that to my grave. I don't even, like, it means a lot to me if somebody would share some information with me. So I don't even want to, you know, reshare that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah. So if I come across somebody who, who kind of, is loose with their lips in talking about their own friends, I definitely would not be so naive to think that they wouldn't do that to me. Mm-hmm. So that would that would cause me to rethink a friendship. With you taking things to your grave, I think I'm learning and have practiced to be very clear in my boundaries. So if someone is talking about another person and they're not there, it's very hard sometimes but I'm getting better. I'm like, I'm going to pause you there. They're not here to argue for themselves. So actually, I'm going to excuse myself from this conversation. Oh, that's so good. That's really that's really bold and really res- respectable. <laughs> it is so bold that I think it's kind of scary sometimes. I remember it was two Christmases ago. I was sitting at this table with my cousin. They're my first cousins. And then she begins to kind of tear into my sister and I said Mm. my sister's not here to argue for herself Mm -hmm. so I don't want to continue this topic Mm -hmm. and I think it really took her aback because I don't think anyone's ever set that boundary with her Mm. and also kind of put her in her place it wasn't my intention but my intention was I don't want you talking about my sister first of all but she's also not here to be able to share her side of the story and if it's beef that you have with her it should be directly dealt with her it has nothing to do with me but that is something that i'm conscious of and need to continually remind myself and it also makes me a clean person because i'm not holding on to secrets of others yeah that doesn't belong to me yeah that's true that's a really good point Oh, gosh. Just stopping somebody in their tracks and shutting it down. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. I, yeah. My heart still, like, beats. Yeah. Like, oh, God, am I really going to do this? I just... But I, I just, have to. I admire anybody who can shut something down, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I tend to just kind of be that person that if a person's kind of rambling or going on about something or whatever it is, you know, I'm just like, just let them talk. Like, be that safe space for them. <laughs> But to be able to recognize when you need to shut it down, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of friendship dynamics, there's another dynamic that I can't quite relate to, but it seems to be very common. I see it online a lot. Reference. Frenemies. Mm. Okay. Say more. Have you ever, have you heard of a frenemy? I have heard of that term, yes. Right? So... It's so far-fetched to me to to have somebody in your life that you could be possibly dueling with, maybe competitive with at the same time, or you are close and you're fighting and you're talking shit about each other, but then you're coming back to each other and then you're talking shit and then you're hurting each other and then you're coming back and you got each other's back. (laughs) I don't... All of that just sounds extra toxic to me. It's a convoluted kind of cycle. It seems very strange, and I don't understand the dynamic of a frenemy, which 
makes me want to like throw it to our listeners at us mental underscore recess if you have a frenemy in your life let us know what that's like (laughs) i don't even know what that is Mm -hmm. like i don't even know how that would function but i know it's common Mm -hmm. and because this is the thoughts and theories right from a couple Mm -hmm. of misfits a thought that i'm having now is you know that saying you know, keep your friends close, but your enemies yes. closer. I wonder if this is born out of that mm. saying where if you can keep an eye on your enemy, you feel like you're, you have an edge. You mm-hmm. maybe feel like there is the awareness so that you can maybe one up them wow. or, you know, do better than them to help yourself feel better. I don't know, but that's just a thought and theory that I have. That's, I think that's really right on. That sounds exhausting to me. I don't have the time for that. No, neither do I. And, like, who has the time and the energy to invest in something that isn't authentic? That's craziness. Mm -hmm. Wow, but that's a good point, though. I think that you're right. I mean, that is one of those sayings that goes back a long ways, and a lot of people really firmly believe in that. So it might have been born from that. But you're right. Why have something so toxic and so negative in your life. And if you do have frenemies in your life, I would love to hear why keep them. Why, yeah. My gosh, I really want feedback on that. Why keep a frenemy in your life? And how can they do that? That's good. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's just a curiosity of mine. Is there anything about friendship dynamics that you guys actually want to hear more of? Mm -hmm. I'm sure we're just skimming the surface here. For sure. At the end of the day, we could call it intimate relationships, romantic relationships, friendships, but it's all about relationships and connection, right? Mm -hmm. And so we can delve into different topics. We'd love to hear from you. What are you curious about us delving into deeper? Hey, thanks for checking in with us today as we talk about friendship dynamics. Obviously, there are so many beyond what we discussed. So again, don't hesitate to add us, mental underscore recess. We will be... Talking with you soon. Ciao.